excited about today's message. Amen. Praise God. Um, the title of it, I just titled it Satisfied. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now the, the spirit was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. And this is what I want to point out today. He said to her, For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. He wanted her to be unsatisfied with what God had her. Praise God. Amen. That's what he did. Knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in your spirit. I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move and to be with us. <clears throat> in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? You may be seated. Betty and Mary were in a nursing home. Betty was bedridden, but her, room, her roommate, Mary, was able to move around. Betty's bed was beside the door, but Mary's bed was over by the window. Every day, Mary would stand at the window and entertain her friend Betty, telling her of all the activities that was going on outside, from the kids playing in the park until the couples, to the couples sitting on the bench. At first, Betty enjoyed hearing about all that Mary was telling her, thinking of them in her mind. But gradually, Betty became very jealous of Mary, being able to see, and all that Betty could do was just kind of imagine what Mary was telling her. So Betty began to complain about Mary. Praise God. And she was working to get her moved out of the room. One day, the home decided to take care Mary out of the room. Let's just get Mary out of this room. After she was gone, Betty right away uh, requested that her bed be moved over by the window. But much to her surprise, because of years before, when the nursing home was remodeled, they built a concrete wall that restricted the view from the window. As the nurse was leaving that day, Mary, praise God, said, or I'm sorry, Betty said, Mary talked as if she could see all the things, but I don't understand, here's a wall. The nurse turned at the door and looked at her and said, Mary's blind. Praise God. Mary's blind. 
Have you ever had something and wished to have something else or to be different? Only to realize that when you did change, you were worse off. We all wonder what it would be like if we would have done this or we would have done that or we would have got into this or we would have got into that or we would have been here or we would have been there. What it would have been like? Would my life have been better? Would my life have been worse? We all wonder. We all look back and we all kind of just wonder. We can live a life where... We always wonder, and the saying is, is the grass greener on the other side? Praise God. You see, because in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 5, amen, the serpent caused Eve to wonder. For God doth know in the day that ye eat thereof that your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be like gods. Eve wondered. She sat there and she wondered. What it would be like to be like God's. He even told her, you'll know good and evil. Although she didn't obviously understand the fullness of that. You see, we try to determine the future, but we don't know everything. Sometimes we've got to leave that up to God. Judas. Can you imagine Judas? Judas was a man that had the God of glory at his fingertips. He had the God of glory at his fingertips. But Judas wondered, he, you see, he was a Maccabee. His family came from a long lineage of liberating the Israelites. He thought Jesus was there to liberate them from the Roman dictatorship. He didn't realize that Jesus had come. And no matter what Jesus said or what Jesus done, all Judas could think about was how he was going to allow Jesus Amen. To liberate them from the Romans. And I'm going to be one of his, amen, front guardsmen. Or I'm going to be one of his leaders. And that's all he could do. He had the very God of glory at his fingertips. And all he could think about was he wanted to be in with the Sanhedrin. He wanted to be, praise God, or he wanted to get the 30. And I don't know if the 30 pieces of silver was really that much to him. But he, it came along with it. Praise God. Amen. What about Samson? You look at Samson. Samson could have had a wonderful life. Samson could have had a wife that would love him. Samson could have a wife that would be there. Praise God. Samson could have a wife that would protect his hair and protect his, praise God, strength and everything that he had. She, he could have had that. He could have had kids. He could have had grandkids. Praise God. And that's what God wanted him to have. But what did Samson do? Samson longed for the, the women that were not good for him. He longed for the things. You see, we got to be careful because, hey man, we long for things that we should not have. Amen. It is the devil's job to make sure that you're unsatisfied. Unsatisfied with the Lord, unsatisfied with the things that the Lord has brought to you, the, Lord, the things that the Lord has given to you. We can sit on the fence and look over on the other side 
thinking that they've got it better. They've got it better. Lord, they've got it better than me. They've got it nicer than me. They've got it better than me. Praise God. You know, I have to chuckle about our kids. Our kids were always uh, saying, you know, well, you're the favorite, you're the favorite, you're the favorite. My wife did have one favorite, though, when it come to that. And every one of them knew what her favorite was. Because when she got angry with them, she would call that name out that would make them wonder, why is it that you always play them as the favorite? And that name was Teddy the dog. Every once in a while she'd get mad at the kids and she'd say, Teddy, now I'm going to tell. And they're like, ah, don't call me the dog. But my kids would say to me, you're, you know, they're the favorite. And you know what I would say? Yep, they sure are. Now with my boys, he, man, they'd never do anything wrong to me, literally. But if, if they kind of get me or something, I'll say, that's fine. Your brother's my favorite now. You'll need to work on it. Praise God. <laughs> but we always wonder, you know, who's the favorite? Who's the favorite? Who's the favorite? Who's the favorite? You know, is it better on the other side? And that's Satan's way of making us dissatisfied of where God's got us. Where we were born, how we were raised. Everybody can look back and find details in their lives. Amen. And say, you know, that just wasn't, you know, good. I wasn't raised like this. You know, when I was young and being raised, we, I was raised in a home. Amen. My dad was not a preacher. He wasn't even in church. And there was a part of me that kind of wished my dad was the preacher and my dad was in the church. I often say, amen, I, I, I would have wanted my dad to be the preacher, but it's killing my kids that I'm the preacher. Praise God. Amen. And I look and I think, you know, if, if I could just grow up, if I could have went to the Jewish church, if I could have just done this, the Jewish church was the thing that I thought... Had it all together and everything was great. We all do that though. We look across the fence and we think, hey man, if it was just over there, just over there, or just over there. A man by the name of David. Did you know David had seven wives? I would not want two wives. One's enough. But David had seven wives. But one night, he, one day he was over on the roof and he looked over and he saw another one. Seven was not enough for him. He was not happy with what he had. And so, of course, you know the story. He calls for Bathsheba. That's, I said it the other night and I thought later, I thought, man, that was good. Sorry I said it, but that was good. David, when he saw that, should have turned his head and walked away. David was the most wonderful man that loved God with all his heart. But he could not handle, amen. That's why the Bible said flee from that. But he looked over and he saw her and he called her up. And then, of course, you know the rest of the story. He began to have 
He had relations with her. She got pregnant. She called him and told her of her pregnancy. He called Uriah in. He had Uriah to try to stay with her, to try to cover it up. He meant no DNA in those days, so they could do that. Praise the Lord. And so they couldn't cover it up. And so he had Uriah killed. And then he brought her up, made him his wife, and all was well until the prophet Nathan come along. You see? And it all started when he was not satisfied with the seven. You see? It's amazing how the Satan wants us not to be satisfied with what we got. There have been times in your life and my life when there were things we weren't satisfied, but when we changed, we wish we would have never changed. Praise God. Amen. Because of David's results, there were three direct consequences which infect, was inflicted upon David. First, Nathan said that the sword would never depart from David's house. Praise God. And it was true. Amon was killed, his son. Absalom was killed. And, and uh, Adonijah was killed. Second, Nathan prophesied to David that his own wives would be humiliated with Israel. And that's exactly what happened. Because Absalom took all his concubines when he tried to take his kingdom over. And he laid with them in front of Israel. That would have never happened if David would have never done what he did with Bathsheba. Third, Nathan pronounced, or I'm sorry, pronounced of the, uh, the fatal end of his son that was conceived by David and Bathsheba. David himself said, hey, man, that was worse to me than death. You see, praise God, when we are where we're supposed to be and, and God is taking care of us, and God is watching over us. Now, I'm not saying that you should not look for a better job. Praise God. I am saying you should not look for another wife. Praise God. But I'm not saying that you should, shouldn't look for a better job or a better position or a better home or a better car or whatever. But I am saying that you need to be satisfied where God puts you also. Amen. There's a satisfaction that comes. For every action, there is a reaction. For every change, there are consequences. You know, they have this game on TV. It's called The Price is Right. And they'll call you down and they'll say, Now in this envelope, I've got $1,000. But behind the door is something that you can choose. Amen. And they'll tell you what it is afterwards. You can either choose behind the door and it'd be better, or you can take the $1,000. And you know the majority of the people will take and choose the door. Praise God. Amen. Not satisfied. That's because they're not satisfied with what they've got. Amen. Praise God. You know, we all are where we are at today, basically because of God and where he's put us. I was born in the years that God wanted me to be born. I was born in a home that God wanted me to be born. I was raised in the area that God wanted me, obviously. There's so many things in my life that are just naturally there. 
Praise the Lord. And there are some things that I'm dealing with today because of my actions. But for the most part, praise God, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I've lived long enough. I've studied it all my life of success and how success happens and, and et cetera. And for, the, uh, for some part, success is by actions. But there's a lot that has to do with it's just God allowing it to happen. God can cause your actions to be extremely. He could have made our church a thousand. He could have made it hundreds. He could have made it this. Some of it is because of what we do. Some of it is because God still is in control. But on the other hand, in your life, amen, the Satan does not want you to be happy. He will constantly pick out the things in your life, amen, and cause you to uh, not be happy with that. You know, why did I have to marry the person I married? Why did I have to have the children that I had? Why did I have to put up with the job that I've got? Praise God. And so these things, Satan will cause you. He wanted Eve to believe that God was not taking care of her. God is not giving you the best. God is not loving you the most. Paul addresses this. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 8, 6 and 8. He says, I have food and raiment. Let us therefore be content. Hebrews 13 and 5. He says, let us uh, conversation be without let your conversation be without covetousness uh, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Praise God. God told them in Philippians 4 and 11. He said not to speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state that I am therein with to be content wherever I am. You know, if I'm doing good financially, I'm content. If I'm struggling financially, I'm content. If I'm living in a, a, a you know, a $60,000 home, I'm content. If I'm living in a $100,000, $200,000 home, million-dollar home, I'm content. In other words, the place that I am and the, and the position I'm in and the things that are going on around me, praise God, I'm still content in living for the Lord. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Amen. Hebrews, praise God. Paul told the Philippians, not, to, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am in, therefore, to be content. I've learned how to abound. I've learned how to abase. I've learned how to do this. I've learned how to do that. Praise God. No matter whatever place I'm in in life, I just know that God is taking care of me. Amen. Praise God. You know, there's a possibility for me to have a, or I'm sorry, there are 10 things that are possible for me to have in life. Let's just talk about this. 10 things, 10 things. Why is it that I can have eight of them but I'm constantly thinking about the two that I can't have. Praise God. You know, he man, mentally, the way that I think mentally, some of us have strengths in areas, some of us have weaknesses. 
but we can sit around and think, why could I not be sharp as a tack? Why could I not think of things when I need to think of things? Praise God. Why do I have to struggle with this or not struggle with that? Why do I have to have this and not that? And we are constantly complaining to God because of the way he made us or the way he gave us. Praise God. When really what we need to do is take the strengths that God has given us and work them to our advantage. Praise God. Why? Why? We have eight things but we are constantly wondering why we don't have the two. You know, there are good aspects and there are bad aspects in everything. Everything has its good points. Everything has its bad points. We've all got our strengths and we've all got our weaknesses. Oh, this is good. Thank you, Lord. Why is it that we look at our weaknesses and that's the thing that controls us. That's the reason we don't get up and move forward. Because we're weak. I can't grasp things as fast as a normal person. Mike can tell me three songs that we've got to sing that night. And if I don't write them three songs down, I won't remember them when I get to the pulpit. He could have three songs in his head and he'll remember them. I won't. I got to write them down. You can tell me your name and I'll try to remember it. I won't even hear a word you say because I'm back here trying to memorize your name. And I won't remember it. It's what I struggle with. And sometimes I can get discouraged with God with it. But I learned that's what I am. And I have strengths, praise God, that are there. Amen. Our jobs. You know, as a window cleaner, oh man, as a window cleaner, you go out sometimes two or three days in the rain. And that day, I will have people go by me and say, boy, your job's worthless. Boy, you, you should have stayed home. I even had a guy stop me and say, don't you wish you'd have listened to your parents and gone to college? I don't want you feeling bad about it. I just want you to know we've all got idiots in our lives. <laughs> that doesn't bother me a bit because this was a manager of a restaurant that was making a whole lot less money than I was. Praise God. And so... You can get that over and over and over and over and over and over again. And sometimes I come home and I say to my wife, people don't understand. Rain doesn't make windows dirty. It's the dust. Okay? And so windows are mainly under overhang. You know, there's windows in strip malls. There's insides. There's all kinds of things that you can do. But you can be standing. But then on the nice, beautiful, sunny day, I will have probably 20 people say to me, I'd like to take you home. It's funny, they'll come up to me in the winter and say, boy, I'm glad I ain't got your job. And then in the summer, they'll come up to me and say, is your job hiring? So there's good and bads with everything. Praise the Lord. 
What about our mates? Amen. They are what they are. When we married them and they married us, we needed to learn to accept them for who they are and not change them and not be dissatisfied. How about family? Lord, I wish I wasn't born in this family. Praise God. How about a church? Amen. There's bad things that go on in the church and there's good things that go on in the church. How about relationship with others? There's bad things that happens with relationships with others. And there's good. And then last but not least, your salvation. I'm telling you, them guys, Noah and his family, stayed in that ark for a year with all that poop from the elephants. They did not have a toilet system out the back to shove everything out. That place stunk. And when it got hot, it smelled. I had a friend the other day, hey man, that uh, their, um, their, their, their granddaughter had kind of messed her britches. And so her mentality was to go put them in the dryer. And the mother come by, threw stuff in the dryer, and man, that was not a smelly, that was not a very good smelly sight. Man, how I can teach when we don't have live stream. But anyways, praise God. <laughs> Smelt stunk. I'm telling you, that ark was horrible. But I'm also telling you, it was a whole lot better than what was outside. We struggle with things in the church. We struggle with things in the fellowship. But I'm telling you, it's a whole lot better than being lost. Praise God. In Philippians 4 and 7, it says, The peace of God that passeth all understanding. You want that peace of God that people look at you and say, I don't understand how you can be so peaceful. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, this is the answer to that. He says, here's the answer. Finally, brother, and whatsoever things are true. In other words, think on the true things. Whatsoever things are honest. Praise God. Whatsoever things are just. In other words, be just with your brothers and your sisters. Don't take them. Don't misuse them. Whatsoever things are pure, that means be pure with the opposite sex. Amen. Whatsoever things are lovely, it means be kind to your brothers and sisters and love them. Once again, if you want the peace of God that passes all understanding, you need to be loving and kind as a mother would with not just her child, but her grandchild. Praise God. Whatsoever things are good, if there be any virtue, if there be any good things, or if there be any praise, think on these things. And then I add a little bit to it. And if there's not, just don't think about it. Praise God. Don't, don't let that trash go through your mind. Don't feed on that. Like a buzzard would feed on something that's dead. Don't feed on that. You want the peace of God that passes all understanding? Praise God. Then think on these things. Go there. Help yourself to understand God's got a purpose and God's got a plan. 
and I need to sit back and be satisfied because God will take care of it for me. One of the things that I have to watch, I had to watch with my children is, man, and that is they would try to mother each other, and I would get in there and I'd say, look, you're not the parent. Leave them alone. I will take care of it. Praise God. I will take care of it. I'm going to watch over it. I have to tell you this. This is really cute. Caleb would come home, and he would say to me, Johnny's dad, they were like six years old, Johnny's dad's going to let him have a BB gun. I was like, you're not getting one, but Johnny's dad would let him have a BB gun. And one day I met Johnny's dad. Johnny's dad said to me, he said, I can't believe you're going to let Caleb have a BB gun. I said, what are you saying? <laughs> Praise God. He said, no, I didn't think, I was wondering why you let him have it. That's a great trick. I'll have to use it someday. But, amen. We've got to be satisfied, church, with what God has given us. Amen. We need to move forward, but we also need to be satisfied. You know, get a better job. Get a better place to live. Amen. And I am going to say this. It bothers me sometimes that God has been so good to me. But I also understand that I've worked real hard to have that. And if you've worked real hard to have that, you need the blessings. I told God one day, I want you to bless me. And the Lord was like, you wouldn't accept it if I did send it your way. It's like, oh. But the thing of it is, amen, when God has blessed you, be grateful for it. But understand that what God has given you, he's required of you to use it wisely for him. And use it for his benefit. Praise God. Let's all stand. Do we want to ring the bell, of course, for them to come? Huh? Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this evening, this morning. We thank you, Lord, for this evening. We thank you, Lord, for your protecting hand upon us. Watch over us. Once again, keep your hand on Richard. Let us go forward. Give us wisdom. Lord, in this meeting today, help us, Lord, to have a direction because we want to, our will on earth to be like your will in heaven. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. amen.